like scary movies. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Hi, Georgie. Swallow this. Cat dead. Details later. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Alright, hi, so it's Zephyrd. I just wanted to say there is an audio issue about 14 minutes in. It, this is easier than just editing like a big chunk out of the episode. Basically, we were talking about um, personalized names or getting gifts with personalization on it with names on, and how I can't get it because my name's awkward. Basically, my dad got me this, um, like, little sign thing that he got in Turkey when he was on holiday that was personalised for me. And that was basically about it. He didn't really miss much from my side, but figured I'd let you know instead of just editing it all out. So, appreciate it. Peace. Hello! So, that was probably a little bit too erratic for a podcast. Sorry, I'll dial it down a little totally bit. fine. Yeah. Hello. Hello. So this evening we're going to be talking about the movie with Christian Slater that escapes me. Heathers. What are we talking? Heathers. Thank you. I was going to say feathers for some reason. Not, I've literally been running around like a mad person. So forgive me for not being as on it as I normally am. But I'm going to try and focus for the next hour or so. So uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Heather's, a cult classic that I'd never even heard about until about a week ago. Um, I'm really into Kristen Slater, like obviously True Romance is my favourite movie, so I was really shocked that this this whole thing escaped me, especially with it having Winona Ryder in it as well, because I actually quite like her as an actress. Zayford, what did you think of the movie? Uh, It was not too bad. It was better than I was Mm -hmm. expecting it to be. Like, I've heard people talk about it a, a decent amount and how it's, like, a cult classic and whatnot. So, Do you think it deserves the infamy that it has? Yeah. I can I can see where it, where it gets all the hype. I mean, Winona Ryder, pretty attractive. <laughs> uh, pretty sure she's 18 when she filmed it, so it's all legal. <laughs> Christian's letter. I mean, if I was a woman, probably, yeah. Although it does have like, very much a school shooter vibe. <laughs> Which I is... mean, he's he's the only school shooter I've ever found attractive. If you want me to be honest, <laughs> I, mean, I think that I suppose yeah. <laughs> I I mean, how how much do you know about? Um, I want to say histophilia, but it, that may even be the the wrong terminology. Basically, people who fangirl over school shooters. What do you think about them? I didn't know people did. Is, is that yeah, it's there? it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Uh, that, like there is a there's kind of like a a sexuality or a, more a disor- disorder of um, people who find serial killers and violent offenders very attractive. Like they have romantic feelings to them. Obviously, I'm sure you know about all the fangirls with Ted Bundy. Uh, yeah, um, I suppose. But there, there is like a, there's like a kind of like a, a subsection of that in today's society. Well, it actually started in the late '90s, early 2000s, particularly on Tumblr. There's a lot of, uh, well, not a lot of them, but a fair few people that find uh, school shooting, school shooters like uh, Dylan and uh, Eric. You know the Columbine shooters. They have it. Oh, yeah. There's a huge, there's a huge thing about that. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones that they that people are really into. James Holmes, he wasn't a um, school shooter, but he shot up a movie theater. There's just there's a whole range of like awkward misfits that somehow become like really attractive to to these uh, to these people that are into violent criminals. And um, people are weird. It it was quite jarring for me to to have that kind of romantic feelings for Christian Slater because obviously I love him in true true romance 
<laughs> I know, but it's just like, you know, he was he's crazy. Like not not oh, even Yeah, he tried to blow up a fucking score. It's a bit nuts. And this the whole suicide note idea as well. So basically he, he wanted to have it so that he wouldn't be culpable for the crime and that it would just be they wanted to kill themselves, everybody in the school. That's how deranged he becomes. Yeah, he makes um, them all sign a petition, but it lies about which one it is. Yeah. It's like, I, Jesus, this is going to extremes. Yeah, I, I, I'm really surprised I didn't actually know about this movie, because, like... So I'd, I'd heard of people talking about it, but I'd never actually, like, got around to watching it, and I knew it was on a um, shutter, at least over here in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'll finally get around to watching it. The missus wanted to watch it as well. She's like, always heard of it as well. So okay. We, so we both sat and watched it. So it's not histophilia, it's hib- hybristophilia I'm talking about. It's a... Serial killers are cases of alpha males that tend to attract women. It's a sexual interest... <laughs> It's a sexual interest in an attraction to those who commit crimes. A paraphilia in which sexual arousal, facilitation, and attainment of orgasm are responsive to and contingent upon being with a partner known to have committed a crime. The term is derived from the Greek word hubrazine, meaning to commit an outrage against someone. And philo, meaning having a strong affinity preference for. Mm. In popular culture, this phenomenon is also known as Bonnie and Clyde syndrome. This is very Bonnie and Clyde. It is indeed. Many high-profile criminals, particularly those who have committed atrocious crimes, receive fan mail in prison that is sometimes amorous or sexual, presumably as a result of this phenomenon. In... Phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> In some cases, admirers of these criminals have gone on to marry the object of their attra- affections in prison. There's actually, you know, the uh, well, I've heard obviously, of this. You, you know who Charles, <laughs> you know who Charles Manson is, right? Uh, I, I, is he the one? Yeah, I'm joking. I know who he is. <laughs> yeah, so he he actually married one of his his biggest fans. Yeah, um, don't shock me. You'd marry a fucking yeah. two cent bob off the floor. <laughs> Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer actually received fan mail from women and money, even though he was openly gay. I was going to say, yeah, wasn't he gay? I didn't, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, Richard Ramirez, I knew about that. Okay, did you shopping. ever see. Did you see the the Night Stalker doco on Netflix about him? Uh, I think we watched the majority of it. Yeah, there was there was a really I think it was probably two thirds of the way in. There was a really interesting episode talking about the fan mail he received in prison, and it like there was a lot of really attractive girls sending photos of themselves to him. Like they showed the pictures, and it was just like these women were like like they could have had anybody they wanted, but they had this such. Yeah, just this affinity to this guy. Like, is it also the fact of, A, he's hard to get because he's in prison, and B, then it's having someone as infamous as that as well. What do you mean he's hard to get because he's in prison? Wouldn't he be easy to get because he's in prison? Yeah, but you can't go and have sex with him. I don't know, Zayford. I've seen it arranged in movies. I think that it can that's be a, done. That's a movie. <laughs> Does that not happen? Probably less. <laughs> Likely, Did, I feel like there is some pres- like um, minimum security prisons. Maybe. What's that movie that uh, Zac Efron's in? Uh, shockingly wicked yeah. and ex- extremely evil. Do you remember that he has a scene, uh, like towards the end of the movie, where he gets to see somebody? I think it's like it's like this girl that he marries that he doesn't really love because the real one left him, you know, the real love of his life. And he like takes her into the cafe. They're in the cafeteria and they're shagging by a vending machine. Yes, so, vaguely. It's been a while. So, it came out when when lockdown started. Did it? It was over that think year it, before. It's twenty nineteen, I think. Yeah, it was a good movie. But yeah, that I mean that, and to be honest. I really didn't think Zac, Ef- Zac Efron would be a good fit for uh, 
him at all, but like he actually is. Like he is pretty well. Mm. Ted Bundy, to me, I never thought he was that attractive. I I never really personally. I don't see what females apparently do see. I think he's below average in looks. Hmm. I I think that he had a lot of um, psychopathy, so he was he was very able to manipulate people. Um, I think with Christian Slater's character in Heather's, would you give me his name, please? Do you have it? Uh, JD. JD. Of course. Uh, that that was something else I wanted to talk about with JD's his name. <clears throat> uh, do you know much about JD Salinger? No, I just kept on getting reminded of Scrubs. Okay, so um, what was I going to say first? Okay, so um, so JD is very socio- sociopathic, so he, he wants everything, but it's all very chaotic, right? Mm. There's somewhat of a plan, but it's all a bit crazy. Um, so he, he would be considered more sociopathic than psychopathic. Obviously, they're both constructs on a on, a, on like some sort of line, and it's not really linear what one or two people can be. It's all very different, but you can kind of see that he's very out of control and very impulsive and very intense. Um, The other thing I wanted to say is it was very interesting to me that he was called JD, because obviously the poet, well, I wouldn't want to call him a poet, poet, more of a novelist, JD Salinger, uh, the only novel or novella, you would call it, because it was uh, it was very short. In less than is, uh, 500 pages, it's a novella. Yeah, so it would be a novella then. Uh, Catcher in the Rye, have you ever read it? Nope. So, <laughs> I I decided to read it, because I, I, I think I read it when I was about 17, 18, so I cannot recall the plot fully, but it's basically... It's a very um, informal novella, and it's it's um, it's like conscious streaming. It's kind of like just this just this constant dialogue in a in a teenage boy's head about like how messed up society is and about how he's feeling and it like the the terminologies and everything. It's not it's not presented like a story. It's kind of like a diary, and he's writing it from. Um, be like he's in a mental institution because like he hates the world and various things happen and you know so he's a very like um bruised and melancholic character with a kind of like a a bit of a, a well the whole novel is based on cynicism and uh i think the one of the re- main reasons why they called him jd is because of that it kind of felt like a very wry poke at the calendar character calendar character similar Mm. and uh yeah so i do think that that was one of the reasons why he was called jd um not really sure why they decided to use heather as the popular girl's name because i never really thought heather's heather or Heathers were popular girl names. I mean, it's you? just because it was the main girl. Maybe there was probably, like, someone who was in the past of the writer. Hmm. And maybe they just had, like, a popular girl at school that was called Heather. There's always so that weird that, reason. It was like that. a... Yeah, so there's just, like, a s- scripting cynicism <laughs> yeah. from their own All past. All Heathers are twats. Yeah, Totally. What particular names come out at you when you think of school popular girls, popular boys, Uh, arseholes? So it's not necessarily popular people, it's just like really chavvy people. Mm, Go on. Like uh, like Shana. That's like a really chavvy name to me. Sean, yeah, Yeah, Shana. Just like just every variation of that. Shanae? No, we didn't have a Shanae in our school. Okay. I'm thinking Charlie, Stacy for sure. Never, never knew any Katies that were bitches. There was a couple of Think- Katies in that school that were bitches. <laughs> really? Oh. Yeah. I never knew any bitches that were called Zayford. So. Well, now you know one. So. 
<laughs> you're not a bitch. Do, do you know, I, I remember when we first started talking and I was like, okay, first of all, how do I pronounce your name? I was like, Z -Z 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 -Z. I had to get that out of the way first because I was just like, mm. And you've never had a keyring bought for you in a gift shop? No. <laughs> or a bookmark? No. Nope. Or anything like that? <laughs> and if you do, it's got to be top tier special. I remember my dad bought me, um, it was this like little sign thing that goes on like a bookshelf. Ah, that's cute. Mm. Harder for things to be personalised in that time era. I'm impressed with your dad for that. It was when he was in uh, on holiday in Turkey. Oh, and they were just like, yeah, we do every name. <laughs> yeah, they, it was basically they did it in front of him. Okay. So Fair enough. So, was this movie in Sundance? Yes, it was. <laughs> this is now for the goodness Sundance sake. podcast. <laughs> It literally is. We may as well just change it to Spaceman and the Doll Sundance. Sundance, Spaceman and the Doll. I think it just... It's like the third person in the room, isn't it? Almost every single episode has been about Sundance it's, at some it's, point. It's the third one. It's not that bad. No, we, we've had a few. Now it's been more than that, David. It's definitely been more than three. Life After Beth and this. Well, oh, no, I think... The the romance film was in there as well. Spree was in there. Yeah, true. Sure, yeah. Okay. Honestly, Zayfid, there's, like there's literally all of them. Like I can't recall all of it. Ghost of Hellraiser wasn't. wasn't. Hellraiser wasn't. Devil's Rejects wasn't. No. Texas wasn't. Texas wasn't. I think the big ones weren't. It's all like the small ones we've done. Hmm. The fun little niche ones. Yeah. Malignant? Was that in Sundance? No. No. Well, we've had a fair few. Yeah. I'd say I'd probably say at least half. I feel there's, like this there's is definitely come more out a running joke at some point. It, I mean, I kind of already feel that way. As soon as I see that it's been in something, I'm like, okay, again. Is like, it... what? I'm not quite sure how we keep ending up there. Jaws wasn't either. Escape from Tomorrow was that at Sundance? No, I, I don't think, think it was. So. It. There was something. They, don't you remember? They said that they couldn't. They they were worried they'd ne you'd never see it again. I mean, so that's just think because it was, of Disney, though. Yeah, but I think it was first shown at Sundance. From Dust till Dawn wasn't was no, it? No. no. Tusk. Maybe, but I'm not googling it. I'm just gonna Google this get from tomorrow. Drag me to hell. That definitely wasn't. Escape <laughs> from tomorrow was at Sundance. <laughs> Demons. No. So yeah, Megan this... is missing. I don't know. No, I don't, think so. I don't know. So this came out in Sundance on uh, in January of '89, and it was released in America in in March. It didn't do terrible in terms of box office. It didn't do amazing. <laughs> it, budget was three but three million. And it did 1.1 million at the box office. Which is better than do some know, of them. Do you know what's interesting, though, is it's become, like, this huge West End musical. Oh, yeah. I've got... Um, I know someone through Friends that does uh, musicals and acting and stuff, and she's been in a version of Heather's. Oh, who did she play? He uh, she played Veronica. Cool. Mm. I wouldn't really say she's a friend, but I know her. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, it's also I think it's also had a TV series. Yeah, I've seen that. So that that's is that a prime? Is that like a prime original, or was that made by somebody else? I'm just looking. Paramount Network. It's modern, All right, it's so a modern it was, day it's independently then. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That didn't. I was looking at the ratings of that and seeing if I should give it a watch, but um, from what I can tell, it's people only had one season and it's not got on a phone yet. Yeah, I don't think people were too impressed. Despite reports that by a writer that a second season had a complete script, blah, 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 there was no plans to continue Heather's following its first and only season. 
Yeah, the, I'm just looking at the production. So it was first shown in uh, New York, and then it went on to be uh, 2013 Los Angeles, 2014 Broadway, 20 that was a bit of a break. 2018 Off West End, 2018 West End, 2021 West End, and now there's currently a UK tour. So I, I wasn't, I really didn't know <laughs> anything about this. And uh, the, the what it's it's so funny. Do you, do you actually want to know how I come across this? So okay. I was scrolling through Instagram, as I do. And I came across this girl's page. And I was just like looking at her like little shorts. You, should, and she you was, shouldn't get recommendations off Instagram. <laughs> the last film we didn't cover <laughs> was terrible. Well, it, it wasn't. It wasn't her like directly giving me the movie. In fact, it was literally just lyrics from a song off of the West End musical. It was that ambiguous. So there's this song, and it the lyrics go, um, "Veronica, Veronica, open the door. Veronica, open the door. Veronica, Veronica, we don't have to fight anymore." And it, I was just like, "What is that song? That's really catchy." So I googled the lyrics, and then I was like, okay, what is this? Um, and it took me to like this YouTube video of this song called Meant To Be Yours, and I was like, okay. And I was getting full-on like school shooter vibes already, and I was like, should I even be bothering looking at this? This seems a little bit not to my age range. <laughs> like, I'm not, a, I'm not a lovesick teenage girl. Well, sometimes I am, only on Fridays. But I basically, yeah, I clicked on it, and I, it was so, it was so theatrical and dramatic, obviously, because it's a West End show. But it was just like this guy like screaming about how much he loves this woman, Veronica, this girl, Veronica. And I was like, oh my god, what is this? And I, you know, and then when I slowly started to listen to the lyrics, it's talking about blowing up the skull and like needing to kill everyone, and like even though she killed killed herself. Um, yeah. he was going to still go on and do it and I was like okay I don't really like this very much but I kind of looked through the comments and one of the first comments I said was what that was written said well that was really weird and that's pretty much exactly how I felt and then somebody else said Heathers is such an underrated musical so I searched Heathers like into Google and then the first thing that popped up was was Christian Slater's beautiful face and I was like oh my god Christian Slater has such a weird face, though, as well. Weird? Let's talk about this. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I get that he's attractive. I mean, not now, but he used to be. What does he look like now? I'm curious. Uh, to say he doesn't look much different. To say he's 52. But, um, yeah, I can understand why people would be somewhat obsessed with him back in the day. I, I totally love him. 80s. Oh, he's cute. He doesn't look that bad. I said that. I said he don't look that bad. He just he, back in early days, he had a weird face. It's hard to tell. He's got very big glasses these days, <laughs> covering his face. Yeah, so you he has can't a really look. look. And that's what. It's the eyes, isn't it? He's yeah. got very squinty eyes that yeah, I can't kind say of anything. remind. I have very squinty eyes. They kind of remind me of Jack Nicholson. You know, he's got a very like. And he's got a fantastic smile as well. Like it's there's sort of like an evil charm to him, you know. Not as dark as Jack Nicholson, yeah, obviously. Jack Nicholson just looks twisted all the time. But that's usually also <laughs> um, because he's on like coke or something. I'm just thinking about him in The Shining, all the pet faces, many faces he pulled. Speaking of The Shining, yeah. Yeah. The person who wrote this originally wanted. Stanley Kubrick to direct the film. I read about that, yeah. Because of uh, they're out of admiration for Doctor Strangelove, which Kubrick directed. I think that he would have made it into something a lot more artier than what it was. I think it would have been a lot less funny. Yeah, it, um, it wouldn't have been as uh, romantic. <laughs> it wouldn't have been as degree. funny. It wouldn't be funny at all, would it? It'd be really devastatingly disturbing but I don't know if I'd have liked that more no I don't do you know what I think one of the reasons why I like it is because controversial for saying this but like I kind of feel that 
it was it kind of gave me like you know you know like scary movie vibes like it was kind of campy crap yeah um it was kind of a bit thrown together not to the level of scary movie where it's just like that there is no script there is no point to it whatsoever there was it was all kind of loosely hold holding together but it was a very it was a very quintessential origin of what teen movies were going to become do you know what i mean Mm. it kind of like really set the bar for like simplicity and scripts and lacking in depth in characters and just general like very slapstick kind of humor and toilet humor and it was it didn't feel it wasn't a deep script (laughs) there wasn't much depth to it and i think if stanley kubrick did it then it would have come out as a completely different film and i don't think it would have been as infamous i think it would have been successful but not as much so i think it has like this kind of weird crapness to it like there's just there's just this the vapidity the vapidity of the characters and of the story in itself is just very like like i'm I'm just thinking about the the two quarterbacks that were you, you remember the gate you know where they they're, they're very not, they're not probably but no they're not around. but like the way the way that it was like that whole scene was just terrible you know and it would absolutely not have stood up in today <laughs> would it I, I um love the, it, i love the funeral scene where he's like i love my gay dead son yeah and they're both wearing like football helmets yeah. and it's just like but why and they're like next to each other yeah why are you doing the funeral at the same time it's a bit weird and I really, and I, th- I think like the police officer bit, where they're just like, oh yeah, of course he's gay because they've got bottled water. It Need just, water. it was just, yeah, it was just like, it's come on, it's, it's just that's just kind of like scary movie kind of script writing, you know, like just so campy and silly and just like <laughs> what. Um, and I just, I don't think that scenes like that would really exist in a Stanley Kubrick movie. Yeah, maybe not. And I don't think, like, I do, it's just, just to imagine where it would have gone instead, I think it, it would be so dark. Um, yeah, and it probably wouldn't be a musical either. I think, you know, the one of the ways that West End is kind you of... You make The Shining in a musical if you really tried. I mean, you can't see the look on my face right now, but I'm kind of just no, like... What? You know, let's cut that bit out of the podcast because I'm going to try <laughs> I'm going to make the Shining I, musical. I just... Why, Satan? Because fuck the media. <laughs> It'd be funny. I mean, it would be something. What would the songs the, be? Uh, we'll just do one song about Red Rum. Twins blood up the walls. What? No, it'd just be like, come play with us, that'd be it. They're just saying that chanting. Like, <laughs> Can't be a bit more from... creative than that. This is just come a play, first pitch come play idea. With us. Give me two. Come, give me come like an play... hour. <laughs> come play with us. Intro. Come play with us. Reprise. Come play with us. Yeah, that's it. it. It's just every five minutes. It's just <laughs> come play with us. <laughs> um, naked lady in bath. No, Outro. She doesn't do anything. She doesn't say anything. She just swings at the, the bar on. in a bunny suit. Getting a blowy off a bunny. (laughs) Blowy off a bunny. Now that would be a really good song. (laughs) (laughs) We've got to keep the suit on. In brackets. Speaking of Stanley Kubrick, what do you know about Eyes Wide Shut? I I mean, I've heard of it, I think. I have too, but I haven't seen it. I'm very curious as to if it's worth watching or not. What was that singing? I don't know. Are you okay? No. Okay. Mentally, no. <laughs> Never. No, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's it's um it's very dark. I'd be interested to maybe watch that in the future. I don't think it's considered a horror. I think it's more a thriller. Yeah, but then again, Stanley looks... Kubrick is always verging on the, the thriller side, isn't he? It does seem more like a thriller. But we can look into it off pod. Hmm. But yeah, could be something we end up... Tom Cruise is in it, apparently. Yes, he is, and Nicole, and Nicole Kidman. Kidman. Yeah, but I've hmm. never seen it. I'd just be very interested. 
to to if anyone has seen that please tell me if it's worth watching because it's something that i've kind of thought about for a while but i wasn't sure if i should genre hmm. it is marketed as an erotic thriller <laughs> i wonder are there any other erotic thrillers that come to mind no not particularly is that a, is that really a sh subgenre? Erotic thriller? Uh, yeah, actually, apparently. Let's have a look. This is going totally off topic. Film subgenre. The erotic thriller is a film subgenre defined as a thriller with a thematic basis in illicit romance or erotic fantasy. People also search for sex comedy. <laughs> what? Sex comedy. Sex comedy. What's Dang this? Them. A sex comedy theatre genre. I guess basic instinct is clear. Sex comedy, erotic comedy, or more broadly, sexual comedy, is a genre in which comedy is motivated by sexual situations and love affairs. Although sex comedy is primarily a description of dramatic forms such as theatre and film, literacy works, literary works, such as those of Ovid and Schauser, may be considered sex comedies. I think wow. a, a lot of films that are uh, would be classed as female, female fatale would be um, erotic thrillers. So, so like basic instinct. A... Um, what do you want to just start? Let's just start another word. I don't fucking know where it's gone now. A notable one, which is debatable whether it is a sex comedy, is there's something about Mary. So that's the kind of, you know, because she puts semen in her hair. <laughs> Where's the food? Um, what? <laughs> sure. Okay. I'm no, I'm talking about sex comedy, not oh, not right. erotic thrillers. <laughs> you kind of just like stop listening to me. Um, and then um, American Pie is considered a teen sex comedy, of course. So that kind of makes sense. Uh, sex comedy uh, emerged again as a third wave in the mid to late 2000s and 2010s with a string of successful comedy films by Judd, Judd Apatow and his associates. So that's The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Superbad. Apparently sex comedies in the 2010s include The To-Do List. And there's some series called Big Mouth. Oh, I, yeah, I watch Big Mouth. It's actually pretty. Cool. I actually tried to give that. A I didn't really enjoy it very much. Uh, maybe just me and Alicia are like really childish. <laughs> I I like adult animation. I don't know why I didn't get on with it as well. Maybe I could give it another go, but I, I didn't. I, when I first watched it a couple of years back, I didn't really enjoy it. Um, there is actually a sub sub genre called British sex comedy. First originating in 1961 with Mary Had a Little Dot Dot Dot. Okay. All the way up to more recent times. Was that like 2000? Oh, of course, the carry ons. Oh, yeah. You know, carry on going camp here, oh, of course. And then the sleaze and exploitation. Uh, Rita and Sue and Bob too. I re I recall that movie. Um, there's a French sex comedy, Italian sex comedy, Indian sex comedy, Japanese sex comedy. Oh my god! I can imagine the Japanese being real fucked up. <laughs> the ja the Japanese ones. The, there's quite a, a fair bit about here. But um, generally, sex comedy originated in the 1940s and has been carrying on through many different cultures up until present day. So it's quite interesting that, like, we don't really say these genres, do we? But they actually do have names. So you and I, obviously, we know what Big Mouth is, we know what 40-year-old version is, but we would never say, oh, yeah, that's a sex comedy. Yeah, you just call, <laughs> it, it's... You just call it teen comedy type, like adult teen. Like How adult it's marketed... Stuff on netflix is late night comedies like or something animation. like that like, like a, adult animation usually yeah so it's like late night comedy adult animation whatever and it's kind of like yeah so it's it's i always like learning about um subgenres and stuff because there's so many of them in film 
but yeah, uh, erotic thrillers. You got any more for me? <laughs> uh, Fatal Attraction. Oh yeah. I'm not on the page anymore, but that's all I can remember for reading. <laughs> There's one in 2009 called Pornography, a thriller. Pornography, semicolon, I mean, to be fair, a thriller. There is a film, a horror film called Porno. So. What a crap film! It's it's not great. I it's didn't like, rate it's like it. Shudder, I think. It's kind of like demons, but like very low par. Do you think? Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not like a rip off. It feels almost because I hadn't seen demons before I'd seen that movie and now looking at it I'm kind of like oh well that was a total rip off um, in 2012 there was an erotic thriller called Jism 2 2013 sequel Murder 3 2014 Hate Story 2 Ice Cream and Ice Cream 2 came out in both those years 2015 you had Bound Knock Knock oh did you watch Knock Knock is that the Keanu Reeves one yes yeah, I watched that one. Who has a threesome out. with two girls? That's a Eli Roth movie, right? And then, and then she, they claim to be like fifteen. Yeah, and like yeah. ruin his fucking life. <laughs> yeah, I watched that when it came out. It was, uh, it was weird. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't call that an erotic thriller. It's very strange how people do. You do have to pigeonhole these things to kind of explain them to people, but I but wouldn't have called that. I suppose, but it there, it didn't feel very erotic. It felt quite psychological, actually. I think the only good part of that is when Keanu Reeves is like in the hole. Yeah, screaming, I love that and ending. He's screaming it's... at him and he's like, "I give you." And the pizza. Fu- and he's uploaded it. She's uploaded it to the phone, and then she like puts the phone like on a little bit of like doesn't she like lean it against like a beer or something? something like that. <laughs> he's just like sat. He's like there watching it, just watching all these people commenting on his social media, looking at him having sex with these young girls, and he's just like, "Ah!" <laughs> it just ends. Oh God, we might have to cover that. Yeah, I don't know, Zafin. I'm not really a huge fan of that movie. I don't think it has a lot to offer or speak about. That's pretty much all I have to say about it. That was the only thing I enjoyed about that movie. We I just kind of found for it an a hour bit... about that last, like the last like half an hour scene. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. And to be honest with you, I'm not a huge fan fan of Eli Roth. I'm one of those people that thought like Hostel was an amazing film and then I watched it much later on and I was like this is just like a crap soft porno like this isn't that's this isn't that good what do you think of Captain Fever um mm, it had some good gore moments it had some good gore moments but again um that was released in 2005 right it was like early 2000s so, yeah so it was pretty good for its time I haven't seen the remake did Eli Roth have anything to do with that I think he was a producer on it but the remake is literally the first one okay like to a T almost oh so it's just like a, a shot by shot pretty much I think there might be like a very small differences but the characters are literally all the exact same people oh well exact same characters I tell you what would be a very interesting one to cover, uh, just on that that thought. Have you ever seen the movie Funny Games? I want to say this is no, it's not the one with Jason Bateman, is it? Safed, <laughs> <laughs> if you know me at all, there's one thing I will tell you. Like, like there's one thing you that's, should know about me gift. for sure. I will never, ever, ever suggest we watch a film with Jason Bateman in it. Ghost of Mars is like the last thing that we're ever going to cover with Jason Bateman in it. No, you're thinking of uh, you're thinking of Jason Statham. Jason Statham! Oh my god, who's Jason Bateman? He's the com- he's like a comedy actor. He okay, was in the, he was Jason? in the Gift. Oh, where he yeah. I'm trying to where think he does he doesn't know if the baby is his. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh. That 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 ending was like oof. Also, that which was... funny games? Because is, is there a remake as well? Well, that that's what I'm saying about this funny game. So I haven't seen either. Of that I've got else. I've got to look up funny. I've got to look up Jason Statham now because that's going to bother me. Statham. Um, sorry, Bateman. Jason. Is, are we right? Who who are you talking about? Jason Bateman. Yeah. Right, Jason Bateman. Okay, so 
Um, yeah, Funny Games. It was originally made in the late 90s. Um, it's supposed to be a commentary on how violent um, media is supposed to be influential and like why do we enjoy it the way we do and it's kind of like a look at ourselves and why we look at degrading, um, disgusting depictions of murder, rape, torture and why do we look at that as entertainment. It kind of like singles out the viewer and makes them feel very like targeted it's a very uncomfortable view and it's it's very um it's it's kind of it's it's very nihilist it's it's not a very nice film um for its time i think it was way ahead of it like a lot of people don't understand it it was remade literally shot for shot yeah shot for which shot is very from 97. yeah so it was it was very cleverly done that like they literally did it shot for shot and i it, it you can give it that at least i actually felt the original was more powerful um difficult to explain why i felt that way because it was shot for shot i think it it must have been the actors the the two the two main characters mm. i i'm pretty sure um yeah, but you know it's uh, naomi watts and tim roth yeah so naomi watts plays the mother in that in the remake and um yeah it's just one of those films that it's like it's kind of like a point it's a pointing the finger at you um and just a very like very like um it makes you kind of like think about things that's all i'll say about it i don't i don't really want to and and how ultimately all the violence that we see in movies and film is pointless like what you know and it it, it does it is ahead of its time because it kind of like was a commentary on why we agree with all this violence that we are ingesting in ourselves and we end up like watching things like uh saw you know as it's just light entertainment oh i'm going to the movies tonight to go and see saw and that's supposed to be like a normal thing for us to regularly ingest is this really extreme gore for gore like gore for no purpose mm. um so yeah it's it's kind of like a it's it's it's, it's pointing a mirror at you and saying like what's your deal <laughs> pretty much but it, it would be an interesting one to cover but it is a very heavy one compared to the more lighter things we've been watching recently yeah true definitely not as heavy as megan is missing i don't think we'll probably ever go much heavier than that i'm sure we can find something deep in the depths of the internet i don't know if i want to <laughs> I kind of watched, so obviously we were talking in the last episode about ARGs, I kind of went a bit down, uh, there's this YouTuber that I follow called Tov, and he uploaded a new video about like the deepest, darkest parts of the uh, the dark net, and I was just like, okay, I'll watch it. And there's apparently a, a website where you can order baby smoothies, and it's kind of like making me think, My okay, goodness. maybe Megan is missing isn't so bad. Yeah, is that baby smoothies as in like babies? Yeah, but is it like before the born or after the born? <laughs> Safe how can they make a smoothie when the because? <laughs> what like... you think you just they just shove a blender up a chop? I don't think that's how it's going to well, work. No, you can like abort it <laughs> and then do it that way. Is what I meant. But oh, cool, okay. cool. You want to you want to talk about <laughs> shoving blenders up people's fannies? Cool. <laughs> You know, you need to be careful because a lot of people that listen to us are in America and fanny in America means different thing than it Sorry, does here. Sorry, I didn't mean ass. I mean the vagina. Ass. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of things that go on that are probably worse than Megan is missing, but I don't know. I, I personally really want to do some ARG stuff for sure. Well, yeah, we'll do an episode on it at some point. We have, to do, but, we have to do some more research on it first. Yeah, but you know, it's sometimes it's good to just do the ones that come to mind and uh, yeah, not do too much research into it because after all, we are here for a conversation. Well, I'm still watching Daisy Brown, if that helps. Oh, good. Have you? How far have you made it through? About four videos. <laughs> so what is the, moving back to Heather's, what is... Um, where in the movie is fuck me gently with a chainsaw <laughs> it's it's like so close to the beginning okay it's like one of the first times you see um the main heather okay and oh it, is that when they're playing i think it's like the, when they go to the school oh it's like okay the first time they're in the school because they're in the uh, cafeteria doing um the petitions 
Oh, they're doing the stupid question thing. About um, if oh, you're giving right, okay. like a million dollars or whatever. And what did you think of them play? What is it they're playing? Is it are they playing croquet? Yeah, crochet. Is it croquet? I don't really. Okay. Yeah, it's croquet. Croquet. Yeah, because crochet is knitting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's crocheting. <laughs> but yeah. Um, it was an interesting. Veronica. It's a very posh thing, though, isn't it? It's croquet. And you know what? Class. I actually thought the ending was really lovely. So Veronica going back with her friend, you know. Um, she essentially only became popular because she sold out her friend, as she puts it. What did you think about um, Veronica constantly wearing a monocle? You know, the one-eye glasses thing yeah, is when she writes. Yeah, I was just like, that's <laughs> fucking <Quirky."> weird. <laughs> like, I guess she was in Beetlejuice, but she doesn't need to be quirky in this film. She's popular, apparently. And what did you think about her handwriting and the way she writes? The the, the manacle she's very fucking, fast. She's manacle with normal. the manacle with the monocle you know i was like how does she understand any of her writing like her personal handwriting compared to everyone else's it's just so mental yeah it's like takes two words take up an entire page and it's it's super sad that like she like forsake it for sook for sook forsake forsaked her friendship with Martha to become popular um, and it is a very a very cynical take on attaining popularity and like really hating being popular um, and just finding all of it so fake so awful there's so many awful scenes in which Veronica like the first one that comes to mind especially is when she goes to a party with one of the Heathers, with the head Heather. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, frat party. And uh, she actually almost has sex with a... a well, she doesn't almost have sex. with it's, 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 it, it's, it's, it's She's with a guy called Chandler, and she just kind of... She doesn't want him, and he's like, oh, well, I don't really care what you have to say. Like, I just, I'm just here to have sex. And <laughs> it really kind of embodies the whole vapidity of, of teenagers and how it, nothing means anything. Um it really is in some ways kind of like a light jab at people and in other ways it's quite a heavy-handed blow to the head at how superficial these friendship groups and the general popularity complex that people have in high school you know mm. i think that it can go from being like lightly silly to completely tenacious in the way that it is it's shown um particularly the way that they were depicting suicide i mean if you're if you you know the scene where heather she literally just runs out of the classroom and starts downing pills in the bathroom just like it's a normal thing to do and yeah. veronica's like what are you doing she's like, and she, she's like what are you doing trying to sleep <laughs> what are you, you know oh no because no heather like so veronica runs into the bathroom and like pushes the heather Mm. And Heather's like, what are you trying to do? Kill me? It's like, no, you are. Yeah, I know. So what the and fuck it, are you it, doing? It, it's and it it's so it's such a strange thing that it's, they've almost like made suicide trendy. And I, I think yeah. although she's like very brooding and deep in this, uh Winona Ryder, uh Veronica, the the way that she says like oh well it, it's given the two you know the the two supposed gay lovers who are not really gay the 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 uh, quarterbacks it's given them uh depth their their deaths yeah and um you know just like all of all everything that they're doing her and jd like she feels very conflicted that it's happening but at the same time she kind of like it it's like it's a very confusing feeling because she's giving depth to these and purpose to these people and she doesn't really understand like she doesn't understand it because it's, it's obviously it's too complicated complex for a, a teenager i thought i thought it was really funny when she tried to break up with him as well i thought um, it was funny when she like pretended to hang herself and her mum just walked in and she's like Shh, she's like I'm oh fine. my god and then she's like i'm i'm good don't worry like, yeah just just go back to, to ignoring it? me and watching tv <laughs> do you want to explain yourself and why you're just hanging from the ceiling 
I honestly thought at the beginning when he was um, shooting blanks at the at the people in the cafeteria that that was a daydream of his. I thought I was it was quite real. surprised. I thought he just killed him straight out, and I was like, "Well, what? that jumped into <laughs> everything quickly." I was like, "Holy shit!" And then he only got suspended for like a day or whatever. I was like, "That seems <laughs> that seems not enough for shooting two people." What did you think about the whole drain cleaner thing when she when he kills JD? Uh, I feel like it worked a bit too quick. <laughs> and, <laughs> and why would you drink something so fucking blue out of a white mug? I... <laughs> you would notice the colour. I kind of felt that way too. I was like, um, how did he not look? Like, wait, what not? I'm pretty sure he knew it was the... Um, the drain cleaner, but sh- wouldn't she have looked in the cup first before downing it? Because you don't just neck some it without looking at it. You know, just in case you're on a night out, someone gives you a drink, you're not going to neck it straight off. Someone might have pissed in it. I felt yeah. really bad for the cow. <laughs> for the cow? Why? <laughs> They just, they tipped it over. It's I don't just, like cow a, tipping. It's a weird it's American me. pastime, apparently. People do it in the UK, too, and I don't know why. Do I thought it was just an American thing. Oh, yeah. People used to go cow tipping in my town. Well, we don't Apparently, my town has, my town's been voted, like, the worst town in the entire UK. Did you know that? When was this? This year. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, awkward. <laughs> If you want to find where she lives, of course, that article. It's Aylesbury, and it's awful. <laughs> See, we, we never get put on any of them. No? Very. I think we've been on it, like, as a, um, a county rather than a town. Because, like, Hulgos gets put up there quite a lot, like, on the worst towns. Slash cities. Yeah. And that's like the closest yeah, thing to us. Moving back to Chandler, I just, I honestly felt like, <sighs> such a piece of shit. And the way that she was talking about all of them, like them becoming more, so they said that they gave him purpose and they gave the the two frat boys, sorry, quarterbacks, depth. Mm-hmm. It was like they they tried to make him like into a really brooding and deep person. It's just, it's just, it's 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 just it's quite cool how they managed to get such contrasts in these really horrible characters. I don't know. I just kind of felt that it was done. It was done well. I mean, I I said that the um the characters were very superficial, and I think purposefully they were supposed to purposefully be that way. Um. And Veronica was probably a little bit too deep for the world. <laughs> the same as JD Salinger, obviously JD too. Mm. But yeah, it's 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 an interesting movie, and I definitely would recommend watching it. I'm I'm. It's a shame that I haven't seen it sooner. Um, what would you give it on Letterbox? What was your rating? Uh, I haven't thought about that yet. Uh, <laughs> I guess like a three and a half. I think it's pretty enjoyable. Hmm. Uh, it's probably something I'd go back. To, at some point and like rewatch yeah I think it's an enjoyable like, enough un- movie like, to I definitely watch again I understand why it's a cult film and like how it's popular yeah I, I definitely think it it has the quality so although the characters and the storyline some, somewhat is crap it has a quality to it you know it, it's made it, the production is very good um, the staging is good the music is good it's it's you know, it carries well. I think I would probably give it the same. I think three and a half, three and a half stars. It's it's funny because um, it's got very high ratings actually. Uh, IMDb give it a seven point two. Rotten Tomatoes ninety three percent. Metacritic, cricket, Metacritic give it seventy two percent. I don't get how so, it yeah. failed so much then. I like the shit reception. Hmm. Because like, it seems like most people that watch it now seem to enjoy it a lot. It's just one of those things, isn't it? Like, movies that come out in the 90s, 
like they just didn't some of them just kind of bombed but they do they do get famous later on because because sometimes they're just ahead of their time you know so it's like they just don't do well initially but i would be really interested to know how much growth from the box office like that i not the box office the west end because mm. i'm sure they they made a pretty penny from it mm, more than likely i do wonder especially since it's more popular within the, like the last like decade or two well daniel waters wrote it so i hope that he got paid handsomely for it Produced by Denise, Denise Denovi. Is that a female producer? I might have to buy this on Blu-ray at some point. Ah, right. She she actually um, produced. She's a, so she's a film producer and director, and she actually produced. Edward Scissorhands, Batman is, is Returns, she, she gonna have done the Nightmare. Like a lot of stuff Tim Burton's done. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, yeah. Edward. That was Tim Edward, Burton. Little Woman, James and the Giant Peach. Tim oh, Burton. Practical Magic. That's a good one. Walk to Remember. What a Girl Wants. The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2. I mean, no. I don't know. Not really anything recent that I could say. No. Nothing that you know. I no. Mean, the most recent thing is the sky is everywhere. And something t to be announced, the selection. The selection. Yeah, it looks like shite. But yeah, she seems to be like close to um, Timber. Hmm. That she was also the director of Focus, that movie with Will Smith. Yeah, but that wasn't very good. Nah. The Lucky One. This one was Zac Efron, I think. What's Crazy Stupid Love? Is that one Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh, no, it's not. I'm not sure. Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, Julia Moore. Who knows? She seems to be getting wet, though. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah, she's got quite a lot. Seems to be quite a lot of chick flicks in later years. The best of me. I, I as I click on these things, I'm seeing the posters, and I'm like, oh, I saw that. I, I saw that poster in the cinema, and thought, oh god. <laughs> yeah, it's those like weird films that you see, and then like. That looks bad. <laughs> and you're just like, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> no, like those romantic comedies that are like, oh, Valentine's Day. And you're it's just like, like, no. That just looks such dog shit. It feels like those movies, who are they for? Like, who enjoys these movies? Are they for like middle-aged women that just don't have any romance in their life? Like me, um, I would call myself middle-aged at this point. <laughs> I just said like, 40s upwards women who yeah, are like cause like, on the fourth divorce <laughs> <laughs> oh my hey. partner she'd probably watch him she uh directed Catwoman <laughs> yeah okay so she she's a right off one <laughs> yeah is that the only film she's directed because if so I'm not shocked <laughs> oh brutal David <laughs> I'm sorry, would you let her direct anything after watching that? It's not a good film. It's really not. I do I do rate the cats though. Anyway. So we've been talking well sort of talking about Heathers. Um next week I'm pretty sure it's safer. I don't know right? what we're doing because We'll we'll see. I don't know what, what order. There's a couple. There's a couple of things I've definitely got in the wings that have just been difficult for us to get hold of. Um, we wanted to do a, a movie that was on the disturbing 100 list called Happiness, but it's very hard to get hold of. I do have a copy, but 
uh, Zephyr and I aren't neighbours. We actually live across the country from one another. So I can't just give him the copy. I have to send it in the post. And obviously, I have a billion things to do, like rubbing blood all over my face. I can't go to the post office. Um, and also, he couldn't get to X because he lives in the middle of nowhere. So those two movies have been written off. Um, but yeah, we're not quite sure what we're going to be doing next. I think, personally, Zephyr, it would be time to pull the... ARGs out of our arse and talk about them next week. Yeah, sure. Depends on what we record it. Depends on what we record it. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll be doing something about ARGs, but we do have a couple of. Well, I definitely have a couple of movies lined up if things. Yeah, I have a few films. I have a few films in there. But yeah, we are always open to people like suggestions. If you have any suggestions or anything you would really like us to cover, please let us know because that would be awesome. Um, obviously, we're here for you. We want you to listen to us. So if you have something that you want us to talk us to talk about, you should tell us. So please do. We love suggestions. In fact, I think we might even put a post up asking if you know who wants to watch what, who wants to listen to what, because it's. It's good for us to know. And we uh, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to us. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.